0: Witches. I'm
1: Felicia. And I'm
0: Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world.
1: Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get spooky. hey felicia
0: uh, hey girl hey guess what it's april april <laughs> hey there better bring some fucking april showers better bring May flowers i tell you
1: god <laughs> fucking damn it <laughs> you're goddamn right my friend <laughs> yeah, i'm telling you right now <laughs> Uh, This
0: better be a fucking. uh, The next episode, we better be like, oh my God, how wonderful is spring? (laughs) Right? If we're not, then I'm just going to be a grumpy
1: cunt. (laughs) Oh, man. It's coming, man. We're going to be talking about flowers. We're going to be talking about growing plants. Yes. And and spending time outside, going for
0: walks. That's fingers crossed, okay? Uh, Let's manifest this. We're putting
1: this. That's exactly what I'm doing, my friend. (laughs)
0: We need to we're speaking this into existence right now.
1: Absolutely. Sun is shining. Plans for the garden are gardening. Yes. You know, like I love it. Like I we're got- making it. we're making plans. We're sowing seeds. Yeah, we're, buddy. We're fucking doing it, dude. We're, it's we're, goddamn spring. We're doing it. <laughs> we are goddamn doing it.
0: Good because I'm um if it snows one more fucking time. <laughs>
1: I will have a mental breakdown. I drove to work in the blizzard on Saturday. That's my point. That's what I'm saying. If I literally zero visibility. (laughs) Yeah, like 80 kilometers an hour and 110. No area. ma'am. No yeah. ma'am. That's what so I mean. Fun.
0: I'm over it. April showers bring fucking May flowers. There's yes. nothing about snow in there. No. Bitch.
1: So no more snow.
0: I'm okay with the rain. I'm okay with the rain because we need the rain. Because the rain comes. I will even
1: take hail, my friend. I will even take hail, but no more fucking snow.
0: I uh I'll trade hail for snow. I have a glass roof. Um, and hail makes me nervous. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, I have a glass roof on my car and hail makes me nervous. (laughs) 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 Hilarious. (laughs) But rain, I'll take all that rain. It can come and wash away all this grimy shit, all this fucking mud and dirt and pollen. But no more fucking snow, so
1: no more snow.
0: yeah, but with that being said, why don't we consult the tarot cards to see <laughs> what April's gonna bring us because it is a new month, which means that Holly is going to start today's episode off with a tarot pull.
1: Just a quick one, just a just a quickie quick little quick one.
0: I'm not.
1: Super mad at this.
0: Nice, that's a first. <laughs>
1: yeah, the tarot cards are not being aggressive to me today. Yes. Um. So first card I've got pulled is the Ace of Coins, also known as Ace of Pentacles. Ooh, that's a good card. Yeah, it is. Treasure, yes. riches, prosperity, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> contentment, fulfillment. Yeah, this is like this is good things. I Happy love this. Days. Yeah,
0: like fulfillment of our wishes
1: for no more goddamn snow. Ex- examine exactly, my friend.
0: Were you just about to say examine?
1: <laughs> I said ex. I I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> damn yeah, or or damn it, and exactly, and it, it came out as examine, examine,
0: examine. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um. Secondly, we've got the Ace of Cups. Okay, with the cup overflowing, outpouring of feelings, creative beginnings. Um, this could be fertility or seeds growing. Um, Shh. but still, it's an abundance. Abundance, exactly.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah! So we got like. Abundance in two cards, really
1: yes, abundance, abundance, abundance now, in the last position here, we have the three of coins in reverse. okay, okay, so not familiar upright. It would mean mastery, skill and accomplishment okay um, good reputation in work business, um expertise built up on experience um and this is negatively, so I would assume in reverse. the reverse reverse would be um could be average or low quality or lack of funding. But we're getting the funding from the Ace of Coins. I don't know. I feel like with the three of coins, maybe we're seeing not necessarily a negative thing, but working to achieve that mastery skill or accomplishment. Maybe this is a sign of needing to put in the work in order to reap the rewards of the other two cards.
0: That's fair. No, I see that. The other thing is, you said something, I think about like, did you say something about like collaboration or something like that, maybe? I swear, Uh, or working together in the upright position?
1: In the upright position, good reputation
0: and work. Okay, because you could also think of it in reverse is like maybe like disharmony or like working alone maybe, maybe? misalignment maybe. something like yeah. that right but maybe I'm also just out to lunch <laughs> so but
1: no, yes, I like I like what say. you said. Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's more about instead of, you know, being able to master it or, you know, get to that accomplishment, you need to work a little bit harder for it. Yeah, no, I I'm like thinking. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've got abundance in terms of the Ace of Pentacles, right? Mm-hmm. We've got abundance again in our Cups overfloweth.
1: Yes. Yeah. Do you know what
0: I mean? Yeah. So the way I'm seeing this is like, we've got like the resources coming from the Ace of Pentacles. So like, I don't know, pentacles and coins to me are always like resources, if that yeah. makes any sense. Yep. Right. So I'm like, we've got this overflow of resources. The cups to me is always something that has to do with like creativity or like not intuition, but creativity, I think, is the best way to explain it. So we've got overflowing creativity, overflowing resources, and now we just have to learn how to narrow that focus and make something of it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. That's a good position to be in.
1: Okay, April,
0: let's so, go. happy April, folks. <laughs> happy April.
1: <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I'm not mad at that at all. No. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's April. Um. Oh, but hey, you know what's coming in real hot? What? Our next spooky stories it is episode our next listeners whispers yes so send that shit in bitches get it into us
0: let's go let's go we don't have one yet so yeah we are
1: not doing well so far yeah So maybe maybe our cup will overflow with (gasps) spooky stories. stories. wouldn't that be fabulous? I'm manifesting that right now. Let's go. We
0: are we are sowing seeds to reap the reward. (laughs) Uh, Yes. Okay. so seriously, send us your spooky stories. It doesn't have to just be spooky stories. Just send us your stories. We've said it in the past. It can be your favorite urban legend. It can be your favorite fae. It can be your favorite spooky story or ghost story. Something that's happened to you, something that's happened to a friend something somebody told you around a campfire 10 fucking years ago that you're not quite sure is true but hey you want to share it with the podcast just because your
1: favorite episode of goosebumps what one stuck out to you (laughs) because like for me it was the one it was the one with the monster in the pool and it lived in the drain yes i could not shower for a week after that (laughs) that's a core memory for you it is a core memory for me because that was like that was scary That was a long time ago. That was like 20 fucking years ago. And I still remember that shit. Yeah,
0: mine was the, uh, mine was the like toxic slime. And it was the very first, it was the very first goosebumps that was a choose your own adventure goosebumps. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I died three times in a row.
1: (laughs) Whack. Oh, my God.
0: Anyways, yeah. Core memory. <laughs> unlocked. But don't tell me you don't have a favorite Goosebump, because if you're listening to a fucking witch podcast in your- You've like- watched
1: the Goosebumps. <laughs> you've
0: read the Goosebumps. You've watched Goosebumps. You know something about Goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking- Okay? Mm. That being said- What was your favorite occult-like TV show as a child that turned you into the witchy person listening to a fucking witch podcast right now,
1: okay? Yeah, literally, whatever you got, we'll read it. Yeah, We love to hear from you. Was it the Addams Family? Was it the Munsters? What was it? What Who who hurt you? (laughs) (laughs) Who
0: hurt you? Just kidding, but seriously, send them in. Uh, You can send them in to us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Gmail, any of the platforms that we're on in any format that you want, send it to us. Yeah, we'll take it all peace. Okay, well, um, with with semantics out of the way,
1: (laughs) should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's dive right in. Okay, I've got a fun story for you. Or not story. I got a fun fun episode for you today, I think, anyways. I love it. So, currently, the world as a whole, Mm -hmm. we are entering into a phase that is often referred to by, like, NASA and the likes as solar maximum. Yes. Uh, You've heard of this, right? (laughs) Yes. So, it's a it's a period of time like the sun everything goes through cycles everything is cyclic right yep and it's a period of time in the sun's cycle where it is the most active it is providing the i think it's a time where the polarities in the sun actually switch and it causes a bunch of insane solar flare activity yes resulting in what we see here on earth as Aurora Borealis and Aurora Australis.
0: Yes. Right? Oh, my God. This is so cool. I'm already so in. (laughs) Fucking hook, line, and sinker bitch got me in her first two sentences.
1: (laughs) So over the last couple weeks here, we've seen some pretty insane auroras. I don't know if you saw the pictures of the stuff that happened. I think it was like March 23rd or something like that, where it was like a really insane solar flare activity really insane auroras they were getting them down south like in like southern alberta yeah huge um, in the northern states like crazy crazy auroras and like pink auroras that is so rare to see yeah
0: just to interrupt really quickly as well i don't know if you've seen but nasa actually has a website where you can see the solar flares on the sun as they happen really That's cool. They were fucking crazy. So, yeah. Take a look at the actual solar flares as well. There was like the large, we had the largest recorded solar flare a few, like a few weeks ago. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. It was so cool to watch. And again, like, You know, if you're not like a space nerd, it might not be totally interesting. But I, as a massive space nerd, was like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) so cool, so cool. I'm I'm right there with you. Yeah. But even if you're not that interested in seeing the auroras, which I mean, like, who the fuck isn't? Yeah. But (laughs) if you're interested in travel, you've likely flipped through a few travel books looking for inspiration for your next trip. And in doing so, you've most likely seen a handful of photos of, you know, these majestic snowy landscapes lit up in the most gorgeously haunting green (laughs) tones being reflected from the array of spectacular lights in the sky as you and i know but maybe not everyone knows these lights are known as the aurora borealis or aurora australis depending on what side of the earth it's in which
0: hemisphere you're in (laughs) yeah
1: yeah but can also be known as the northern or southern lights Oh my God, I love so it. Today, we're going to be looking at how throughout history humans have been mesmerized by this phenomenon.
0: I love this already.
1: Oh my God, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm nerding out over here. I'm like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. It's a good one. I got a good one for you. Yeah. So they've been seen as everything from deities to omens. Various cultures have speculated about their meaning across the board. It's easy to understand why, given the scientific understanding at the time, right? Of I mean, of course. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you're telling me you didn't understand that the poles inside the sun were switching causing ma- massive flares of like gasses to be released and into the atmosphere?
1: Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> fucking uncultured swine. <laughs> and the only reason why we don't get obliterated by these massive energy things is because of <laughs> our own atmosphere and our magnetic fucking poles? polarities man (laughs) rude what are you fucking what are you new big dumb dummies
0: (laughs) no i'm just kidding
1: right now so it's it's very understanding that they would not know what they're looking at seeing the skies light up with dancing color is honestly it's magic it It really is is
0: it's beautiful so
1: yeah it's no wonder that you know the auroras have influenced folklore and stories through the ages yes Imagine, you know, gazing up at, at green, red, and purple lights flickering across the sky. Yeah. As someone with no, like, knowledge of how the fucking sky works. Works.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah and they really are like I know it's so hard sometimes for to explain them to people that have never seen them but it's like the pictures don't do them justice because no. they're not just like standing still like they they like dance they in move. the sky yes. and like create these like beautiful like smoke like patterns that are just like, like rivers yes. I like to
1: visualize them as a, like a, a stream river, or a river yeah. of color yeah. throughout the sky it's they're, incredible they're beautiful
0: Yeah, yeah and if you're in an area that's quite far away from say like city light pollution
1: mm-hmm wow is it a spectacle to see yeah yeah so today we know the science behind the lights but back then back in the days of our ancestors mm-hmm. stories painted them as everything from bridges to the afterlife to people playing games like football players or even dangerous monsters or warning signs mm-hmm. so they've, they've influenced art history and religion And the myths and legends behind the Northern Lights are a fascinating insight into the mindset of different people across continents. So incredible.
0: There is so much... There is so much mythology around the Northern Light, or I won't say mm-hmm. Northern Lights, but the Aurora The Auroras. Yeah. yeah. There is so much mythology around the Auroras, but I'll let you get into it before I start just like, did you know?
1: <laughs> oh, I'm probably going to touch on everything. So let's get into some of the ancient myths surrounding the Northern Lights or okay. the Auroras. So the Northern Lights have inspired some of the most dramatic tales in Norse mythology. The Vikings celebrated the Lights, believing they were earthly manifestations of their gods. Oh, it's amazing. Other Norse people feared them, telling stories of the dangers they posed and developing superstitions to protect themselves. The wild okay. kind comes to mind, right? Yeah. These Norse myths and legends come from the Nordic countries in Northern Europe and the North Atlantic. Okay. We all know that Odin was the chief god and ruler of Asgard. Yep. And he was revered by all Vikings. They believed he lived in Valhalla, where he was preparing for Ragnarok. Yes. Which we know was the um, series of events that would begin the end of the gods. Asgard. And yeah, begin the world anew, right? Yeah. So in Viking legend, Ragnarok was predestined and would be Odin's greatest battle. So he needed the bravest warriors at his side. Okay. We're circling back to the Northern Lights here. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm- yeah. You're in it. Yep. So during every battle on Earth, Odin would pick the warriors who would die and join him in Valhalla. Mm-hmm. And the Valkyries, who were the, the female warriors, warriors on horseback, and they would carry... They wore armor and carried spears and shields. Yep. They were tasked with leading Odin's chosen warriors to Valhalla. Ooh, very interesting, cool, yeah. The Vikings believed that the northern lights illuminating the sky were the reflections of the Valkyrie's armor oh. as they led the warriors to Odin. I don't know if you can see it, goosebumps. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is so cool. In other stories, they claim the Aurora was the breath of brave soldiers who died in combat. Well, that's nice. or even that the Aurora was believed to be like the Bifrost Bridge that we've heard oh, of. Oh right? Yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, which, yeah I can see that.
1: Pulsing arch. Yeah. Led the fallen warriors to their final resting place in Valhalla.
0: Well, I mean, dude, if you're that far north, really, if you think about it like that far north, I don't know. For some people who have never been really far north, like you can see the curvature of the earth. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be a stretch to think of it as the Bifrost Bridge when you can literally see the, the Northern Lights the curving, auroras over. curving yeah. over you. Exactly. Similar yeah. to yeah. that of a bridge.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it makes absolute sense to me. And then we've got the Sami, who were the indigenous peoples of basically Finland area. Okay. And for them, the lights didn't tell stories of heroism or bravery. Instead, they were to be feared and respected in equal measure. Okay. Okay. To them, the appearance of the Northern Lights was a bad omen. Oh, like the warning signs of something mm-hmm. to come. It was still thought to be the souls of the dead. Yeah. Um, but they believe that you shouldn't talk to the Northern Lights. Oh, and interesting. It was dangerous to tease them by waving, whistling, or singing under them. Oh. As this would alert the lights to your presence. Okay. And if you caught their attention, the lights would reach down and carry you up into the sky.
0: Ooh, Yeah, that would be scary. Mm-hmm.
1: Or even another interpretation was that the northern lights would reach down and slice off your head.
0: Oh, fuck. Okay. Fuck,
1: wild, right?
0: Yeah. You're like, no, don't say
1: shit. Keep your head down. Keep walking. I'm walking. Mm-hmm. I'm walking. Exactly. So to this day, many Sami uh, stay indoors when the northern lights are illuminating the sky just to be safe. Fair
0: enough. I, mean, you know, I'm not I would superstitious, be superstitious, but a
1: little stitious.
0: Yeah, but- I would be sad never to see them, but I-, I get it. You
1: can still see them from your window. <laughs> You're like, well, right? there they it's- are. Yeah. yeah, there they are. <laughs> Leave me alone, please. Thank Kay. you. And I'm back in the house. <laughs> yeah, and then also in Finland, the name for the Northern Lights is Revontulet, Ooh. which literally translates as Fire Fox.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Firefox.
1: Yes. yes, not the not, <laughs> not the, the web browser. browser. No. <laughs> the name comes from the myth that arctic foxes produce the aurora. These foxes would run through the sky so fast that when their large furry tails brushed against the mountains, they would create sparks that would light up the sky.
0: Oh, wow. Interesting.
1: Another similar version of that would tell us that as the fire foxes ran, their tails swept snowflakes up into the sky, which would catch the moonlight and then create the northern light. Oh, so
0: it's like a reflection of the moon from the snow.
1: Mm -hmm. But it was like
0: following the paths of the foxes as they ran. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Like a jet stream, but a fire fox stream.
1: Okay. And this version would have also helped explain to the people why the lights were only visible in the winter as there's no snowfall in the summer months. But like, I have, I I take problem with that because I've seen plenty of Northern Lights in the summertime.
0: That's fair. But maybe here, maybe here in Northern Canada, it's more common. Maybe it it was like, maybe it is only a winter thing in Finland. Maybe, maybe.
1: But these complex mythologies were by no means the only ones to take root in Norse societies. In Icelandic folklore, they believe the Northern Lights helped to ease the pain of childbirth.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: But pregnant women were warned not to look directly at them or else their child would be born cross-eyed.
0: Oh, well, okay. Everything comes with a cost, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) In Greenland, people held the belief that the lights were the spirits of children who had died during childbirth.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: And that they were dancing across the sky. Yeah. While in Norway, the Northern Lights were believed to be the souls of old maids dancing in the heavens and waving at those below. That's
0: so sweet. I like that one.
1: Whatever tale captures your imagination, one thing is certain. The Northern Lights were assigned great power and significance by the peoples of ancient Nordic societies. Yes. Whether a harbinger of good or evil, the lights were as magical and revered as they continue to be today. Oh, absolutely. But it wasn't just the nordic peoples that witnessed the northern lights no ma'am sir no no many of the stories surrounding the northern lights in north american communities arose from the belief that they were the souls of departed ancestors Mm -hmm. it was even believed that the lights might be the spirits of the animals they hunted but not all north american legends painted the northern lights as quite so benevolent so we've got different areas of north america Mm -hmm. That had different belief systems, right?
0: Of course. Because they are, if I'm not mistaken, they are quite sacred in a lot of indigenous communities, especially here in Canada,
1: right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So some indigenous American stories depict the Northern Lights as torches held by the spirits who were tasked with leading the souls of the recently deceased over the abyss to the land of brightness and plenty. Mm-hmm. To communicate with people on earth, they believe the northern lights made a whistling or sometimes a crackling sound. Oh,
0: okay, which interesting. Which was
1: to be answered by humans with whispers.
0: Oh, with whispers. whispers. Whispers only.
1: As in being quiet. Yeah, not. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing as with the sammy Yes. Where you you don't want to sing or call out to them or anything. <laughs> Hello.
0: Exactly, <laughs> right? You don't
1: want to give them you don't want to tell them where you are, you know. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. Right here, bish. <laughs> mhm.
1: Some tribes believed they could summon the Aurora to converse with their dead relatives.
0: Wait, can when summon the Aurora? Yeah. Whoa. I've never heard of anybody summoning the Aurora.
1: Me either. I've never heard of it before either. And there seems to be a bit of, um, I don't want to call it confusion, but like a Crossover? little bit of conf- conflicting opinions here. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, there's the idea that, you know, you could summon them by whistling and they would come closer to you. And then there's the other idea where it's like, don't you dare fucking whisper, they'll take you. Oh, so, I
0: see. So it's like to it's- some, it's like you're summoning others see it as like, no, no, you're a them to where the fuck you are and now they're gonna exactly. take you exactly okay yeah
1: i see okay so yeah they would use the auroras to communicate with their dead relatives and when dogs barked at the lights it was because they recognized their lost companions. oh i knew that one would what? get you
0: <laughs> that's so sad it's sweet <laughs> It's so cute. We don't I love deserve it. dogs. <laughs>
1: no, we don't. In Canada and northern Michigan, Algonquin tribes believed the creator of the earth, Nanabozo, moved to the far north and lit a huge fire. The Aurora was a reflection of this fire created to let his people know that even though he was far away, he was still thinking of them.
0: Oh, wow. What a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And then the
1: menominee menominee what, what
0: a strange idea to have a
1: god who like cares about his subjects and just like yeah left signs for them to
0: I'm, anyways i'm thinking of you yeah i love so that.
1: the menominee of wisconsin believed what they saw were gentle giants fishing at night and that the lights were created by their torches as they fished i love that so like it's like dancing off the water almost yeah right? yeah uh, the po- the people of northern Greenland believe the lights were the spirits of the dead playing celestial games with a walrus skull, so like a like a football so cool, match yeah. or soccer <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, while other local communities believed walruses were playing games with a human skull. So we get a little,
0: <laughs> little reverse, little yeah. flip flop there. <laughs> I like that.
1: Not all indigenous communities in North America were comforted by the presence of the Northern Lights, though, and many believed that they were an Omen.
0: Ooh. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Similar
0: to those of Finland. Yes, the Sami, yeah. right?
1: Yes. So, indigenous peoples of the Great Plains and Canadian prairies also believed the lights were the reflection of large fires, but this fire was not made by a loving creator. Mm. They believed that the fires were the reflections of giant flames under huge cooking pots lit oh. by <laughs> the northern tribes to cook their enemies.
0: Oh whoa!
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: crazy. So yeah, it's like an omen, right? Where you're like, oh, here they come. Like, have you ever heard the tales of like these massive armies and when they would like light the fires to cook their food and you yes. could see it like almost see like a sunrise, all- like mm-hmm. on the horizon? That's kind of exactly. what this reminds me of. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that would be kind of scary. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: In Hudson Bay, uh, so that's in Canada. For those of you who don't know that, <laughs> they believed the lights were the lanterns of demons chasing lost souls.
0: That's so interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. And again, in Wisconsin, the, the Meskwaki thought the Northern Lights were the restless spirits of their slain enemies attempting to rise again for revenge <laughs> and were an omen of pestilence and war. Oh, wow. I know, right? Yeah. In Alaska, some communities also feared the lights and carried knives to war themselves against the evil spirits of the Aurora. Oh, wow! That's so interesting because everything so many different points of view here, yeah, like- yeah.
0: It's just so interesting to, I've only, not only, but I've, most of what you hear about the Northern Lights are very much like that they're, they're very good and they're beautiful and they rep, they're mm-hmm. very representative of something beautiful like ancestors or like the spiritual plane or, you know, I've never, ever mm-hmm. thought of them as like an evil or a bad omen. So it's interesting right? because if you think of it like that, they would be fucking terrifying. Oh yeah. Absolutely <laughs> <Terrifying>. horrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There are many differing beliefs about the Northern Lights across the North, likely because that is where the phenomena is most widely seen. Yes. Many of these legends and beliefs about the Northern Lights may defy reason, but they go back generations.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: So in 2019, CBC did an article about the Northern Lights. Really? And they reached out to a few different indigenous Northerners to share their own stories about the Northern Lights. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So we got a couple. We got a couple yeah. of them. Yeah, I love that. So I'm going to read this article like basically verbatim because like for the most part, these are their stories in their own words. Yeah, okay? of course. Yeah. Um, So we've got Dene Elder Jonas Antoine, um, who says that he had an experience with the Northern Lights that left him odd. Oh. Antoine was in his cabin one evening when he saw a bright light. He had a small Coleman lamp burning. And knew the moon was out, but there was no way they could cast the sort of light he was seeing. Mm. Here's his story. So I stepped outside and I couldn't believe my eyes. It was like I was shrouded in this bluish, almost like a rainbow type thing. all around me and right onto the lake surface there was like a sizzling like a sifting sand kind of whooshing noise all around me
0: oh i just got goosebumps at that sifting sand noise i know exactly (laughs) what he's talking about
1: and then i recalled that many many years ago when i was young and our elders told stories about such things as the northern lights the sun the moon my grandfather told me that if you listen closely, you can hear the northern lights. Oh, goosebumps. Oh. At that time, my grandfather and I stood outside and listened. And sure enough, we heard this swishing sound, almost like a crackling type thing. As far as the Northern Lights were moving, dancing up and down, and they seemed to be so close at that time.
0: Wow, wow, wow. And
1: here I was experiencing something that I don't think anybody has ever experienced before. I was amazed. I was almost like in a spiritual world when this happened to me.
0: That's so cool.
1: I was not scared at all. I felt that I had a visitor. The visitor is something. It's a great power that's beyond us. This kind of awed me, and to this day... That's one of the things I carry with me is that experience.
0: Wow, that is so, so cool. Isn't so that cool? cool. Yeah. Picture painted. As you were talking about it, I could like see it in my head. And then that sand sifting thing, I was like, wow, yeah. I know exactly what it is that he was talking about.
1: So yeah, that was Jonas Antoine. And then we've got um, Wayne Broomfield. Who has been listening for that crackling for years. So he's been seeking it out. Yeah. He's stated, I have a fascination with the Northern Lights. And that's evident in the fact that he's a photographer.
0: Oh, cool. um,
1: From Makovic newfoundland and he has shot the northern lights from nunavut to nunavik uh, labrador to antarctica he's he's heard the folklore and stories and remembers the fear of the lights when he was growing up so here's his story and the legends he's heard
0: amazing
1: growing up as kids there's a game that we used to play where we would all go out to whistle to the northern lights and whistling makes them dance but if they're down too low you know our parents used to always tell us they'll come down and chop your head off.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we're still seeing that crossover though, right? Yeah, terrifying. Yep.
1: So he continues. So we would play a game where we would all go out, 10 or 15 of us, and just start whistling. Amazing. (laughs) And whoever stayed out the longest would be the bravest and win the challenge. (laughs) Boys will be boys. (laughs) We truly believed it because, you know, when you whistle, they really do come down. This is something your parents and your grandparents told you. So, of course, you believe them. Of course. Yeah. Other parts of the north, they believed that you could inhale the northern lights and they would kill you. Oh, some people say it's the spirits of children who are stillborn or you go back to the days of the Vikings when they thought when they thought it was the manifestation of their gods. Yeah. If they came down too low in other areas, they were like omens. They were spirits from past elders who were trying to reach you or they were bad spirits so they would take you. I've always tried to listen for that crackle that they say that you hear. The myth of the crackling northern lights... You hear legends about it, what it is, but I've never, ever witnessed it. They say it's the spirits that are trying to communicate with you. Different legends about how Inuit are playing a game of kicking a walrus skull around, and that crackling is when they're running across the real cold, frozen snow. (laughs) That's what the crackling sound is. They're just so special and unique. Just the way that they move across the sky, just cover and light up the sky. It's just an absolutely amazing phenomenon.
0: Yeah. That is so beautifully written. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Beautifully spoken.
1: So, and then we've got uh, one last one, um, which is from Sharon Shorty. She's from the Yukon and she's a storyteller and comedian. Okay. Who is of um, Thingit, Northern Touchstone, and Norwegian ancestry. So she's, but she's grew up in Teslin, yukon and okay. winter under the northern lights um and that she kind of like recalls a story of walking with her grandmother yeah so here's sharon's story sharon shorty's story in her own words with her own voice because all of these stories are available to hear in the article mm-hmm. that will be linked in the show notes
0: perfect but
1: audio wise sharon's was the most clear so i figured i would just play it for you okay cool sound good
2: yeah sounds great my grandma and i i grew up uh visiting her and spending lots of time with her in Tesla and, and walking around at nighttime in the winter and i always look up and i could see all the ribbons in the air and um grandma would tell me shh don't look don't look bad luck and it was the northern lights and i was like why can't I look? They're so beautiful, right? And uh, she said, it's bad luck. But she did say that it's bad luck because it's spirits. So when we're looking up at them, we're actually looking at spirits. So there's people who are passed on in a bad way or a hard way. So that could mean a suicide or it could be a murder or something in a bad way. So that's what um, Klinger people believe in. And sometimes when you look up sometimes it almost looks like a circle and to me it looks like people are holding hands and it looks like they're dancing in a circle and we say that's our ancestors and so um, those ancestors because they've died in a bad hard way their spirits get lonely and so therefore they want company they want to take somebody from the earth to come with them and so they can come down and take you if you look at them you draw attention that's why we say never whistle at them so that's what grandma told me and I'm, I'm like i'm not gonna argue with grandma she's <laughs> the boss
0: oh i love that not that nice yeah <laughs> i i think that's such a beautiful way of describing it when she described it at the beginning as ribbons
1: Yes, I think yeah. that's a
0: really beautiful way of describing it because like if you think of a ribbon, like if you're thinking mm-hmm. of a ribbon in like a, a 3D space and just yeah. the way a ribbon would move as though like a wave pattern, that's exactly what the the, the Northern Lights are like.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, that's really cool. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's quite sad. Like I, it's interesting to hear it as like ancestors whose spirits who passed on in a really brutal or bad yeah. way That's and that they were lonely so they would come take you to like spend time with them. It's like it's quite sad you're like no like i know right but But i i understand why they would believe it would be bad
1: luck exactly yes right yeah yeah so that's all i have um for north america yeah but i did want to share some some stories like you know from the the community of course specifically right um
0: because no, I, I think feel like it's that important. Gets overlooked
1: really often.
0: Absolutely, I couldn't so. agree with you more. And I think, especially us being here in Canada, a lot mm-hmm. of this, a lot of the stories that I have ever heard of. The Northern Lights have been from indigenous communities here in Canada. Exactly. So exactly. like that's at the forefront of what I think of when I think of the Northern Lights. Maybe not everybody everywhere, but here in Canada, absolutely. Yeah.
1: yeah. But before man could explain the origin of the auroras through science, people invented stories to make sense of their existence. Of course. And while the Northern Lights are most frequently and intensely seen in the auroral Oval above the Arctic Circle, Mm -hmm. they do also make the occasional appearances further south. Yes. When there's been a burst of solar activity, like what's coming up in the next coming years with the solar maximum. Yep. Across history, there have been many auroral sightings in Europe, which has given us a rich trove of myths and tales. Yes, it has. I'm so glad you're going to say it. (laughs) You ready, friend? I'm so ready. when the aurora appears further south in Europe, the lights often take on a deep reddish hue. Mm-hmm. It would explain why in continental Europe, many considered the dancing blood red streaks of the aurora to be an evil omen. When the lights appeared as an ominous crimson presence in the skies above Europe, they were often seen as a sign of war or other dangers. Yes. For instance, in the late 18th century, the onset of the French Revolution threw the country into turmoil. And in the weeks before the monarchy was overthrown, a bright red aurora was seen in the skies over England and Scotland, and people reported hearing huge armies battling in the skies.
0: Jesus.
1: The frightened onlookers believed foretold of impending war and death, which I mean.
0: Yeah, it would be fucking terrifying. They 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 were wrong.
1: French Revolution happened. Yeah. (laughs) The the OG resistance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, The Scots called the Northern Lights Merry Dancers, but despite the cheery name, the dancers depicted fallen angels or sky warriors engaged in an epic battle. In the Hebrides, bloodstones are a common sight, and these beautiful green heliotropes are speckled with red. The Scots believed these red specks were drops of blood that fell from the sky onto the stones as the merry dancers engaged in battle. Wow. Isn't that, cool?
0: that is so cool. <laughs> that is so, I just love hearing all of the mythology
1: from around the world. Me too. Like, it's like, there's so, interesting. so many.
0: Yeah, there's, it's just so interesting to, to see how each culture viewed the same phenomenon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not everybody saw the Aurora as a harbinger of doom. Mm -hmm. Many northern European cultures viewed the sight of the Aurora as an auspicious sign. Estonians believed that the Aurora lighting up the skies were wonderful sleighs taking guests to a spectacular wedding celebration in the heavens. Amazing. Often the myths explained the lights using stories about animals and nature. Some spoke of the Aurora appearing when whales were playing games. While the Danes believed the lights were caused by swans competing to see who could fly further south for the north Sorry. according to legend some of the swans became trapped in the ice and as they tried to escape they flapped their wings creating flurries of light in the sky that's so cool swedish fishermen looked forward to seeing the aurora as they thought the lights were the reflections of giant schools of herring swimming nearby for them an aurora sighting brought good fortune and the promise of a hefty catch
0: I like that. I like how um a lot of these mythologies are very much based in water, right? Yeah. Like it's so interesting that because like you think of like sky, air, elemental, that right? Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. everything is very related to water like the fish, the swans, yep. ice, right? Things like that. So I think it's just interesting.
1: Lastly, here in Greco-Roman mythology, Aurora Borealis is derived from the Greek words Aurora meaning sunrise and Boreas meaning wind. So for the ancient Greeks to have seen the lights, there must have been some incredibly strong solar activity because sightings so far south are almost unheard of. Yeah. But the Greeks held that Aurora was the sister of Helios and Selene. Yes. The sun and the moon, respectively. So Aurora would race across the early morning sky in her full multicolored chariot to alert her siblings to the dawn of a new day.
0: Yeah, because Aurora was the goddess of the dawn Mm -hmm. or a goddess
1: of dawn. Yeah, sunrise, yeah. and the Romans also associated the Northern Lights with a new day, believing them to be Aurora, the goddess of dawn. Like mm-hmm. you just said, watching the Northern Lights stretch across the sky, it's easy to imagine how this story took form. Well, absolutely. especially when you see, like, I don't know about you, have you seen like the Northern Lights like shoot out? Like when they're like in this little, like contained, like contained little area, and then all of a sudden it just, oh po- yeah, yes, pops out and just fires across the yes. sky. Like, yes. absolutely insane. Yeah.
0: When you're sitting there and it's like, yeah, it's like maybe like, I guess when you're from the ground, it looks like maybe like 15, 20 feet. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it just like poof, takes over the entirety of the sky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you like, you watch it like thread itself out, basically. Yep. It's insane.
0: It's so, it's almost like it's alive. So it's yeah. not, it's not totally out of the realm of possibilities to believe all of the lore
1: mm-hmm. surrounding
0: it when it looks like a living breathing.
1: No, exactly. Thing. Right. Yeah. So but what actually is it? Let's get into the science just a little bit. So our sun is always on, right? Yeah. There's never a day off for the sun. No. <laughs> Not for a <laughs> we, long, long time. Anyway, uh, we would die. <laughs> yeah. But one of the sun's party tricks, sunspots and solar flares will shoot off particles of plasma into space. Mm -hmm. And this is called a solar wind. It takes roughly 40 hours from the time it shoots off of the sun to reach the earth. 40 hours. That's it. That's nothing. That is nothing at all. That is that given we are 92 million miles from the sun. (laughs) You could say it moves at the speed of light. Maybe faster. (laughs) I think maybe even faster. (laughs) So, yeah, they're flying literally yeah and really we don't have to worry about the arrival of these particles from the sun because like we've got our Uh, atmosphere yeah and keeps us
0: protected from these exactly exact things
1: Yes. So the Earth has a magnetic field that acts as a bit of a shield. It safeguards us from radiation, magnetic waves, and other kind of crazy things that are in space. Mm -hmm. This barrier has an interesting shape, right? We've got the circle around the north and the circle around the south. And the magnetic poles are quite attractive to those particles emitted from the sun.
0: Yes. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yes, yes, yes. They're they're attracted to the poles. Yeah. The magnetic poles. Yep.
1: From the magnetic field barrier. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. So these particles collide with our atmosphere's particles and the, the shield, mm-hmm. and they collide with the gaseous particles in our atmosphere, such as oxygen and nitrogen. Yes. Right? So the colors we see in the sky are the result of this collision, changing depending on what kind of particles are doing a dance up there, right? Like what is that area the of combination the combination of yeah. dense in, right? Yes,
0: exactly. So if you have a collision of nitrogen versus a collision of oxygen
1: they're going to be different colors correct
0: yes exactly Yeah. yeah
1: so oxygen molecules colliding 60 miles above us cause the common yellow green color that we see yeah and red variations come from oxygen particles around 200 miles up so higher up okay and then you get blue or purplish red as the result of nitrogen particles colliding.
0: Yes, I was going to say nitrogen is more like the mm-hmm. blue blue mm-hmm. hues.
1: Yeah, so you get you get red or you get like blue and purple. Yeah. Yeah, something along um, those. Reds oxygen just way up there, blue is nitrogen, blue and purple is nitrogen.
0: Yeah, and then the green is just a lower level or closer oxygen. closer to the surface oxygen Mm -hmm.
1: yeah exactly so interesting
0: science is so cool
1: (laughs) and the magnetic poles attract the particles gifted from the sun so your chances of seeing the lights will be best closest to those poles
0: which is why we can see it so frequently
1: here exactly right so many people refer to the northern lights as a single phenomenon but there's the tool poles and thus two instances of the effect right Mm-hmm. aurora borealis in the north aurora Australis in the south not very commonly known
0: yes much more rare in the south
1: i don't even know if it's more rare in the south where it's just like not talked about as much well you know what? there's just not as much landmass down there i think
0: yeah i could yeah i could see that you know what i mean like yeah. there's
1: really like in terms of like the southern hemisphere there's, a there's lot australia
0: in, i bet you there's a fuck ton in like antarctica yeah, but there's not like the nobody to lives it. in fucking. Ar- yeah, I was gonna say, exactly. but nobody fucking lives there. So the penguins yeah. see it all the time.
1: Yeah. But that's it. And like the little satellite fucking Antarctica Science Center. Yes. Probably people that stay there see it see sometimes. It. But yes. like you don't hear about it a lot, right?
0: Not in the same way that you hear about it mm-hmm. here.
1: So the darkest seasons and therefore the best seasons to see the lights yeah. in the Northern Hemisphere are between August and April. Really? Yes.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, between August and April. Sorry, I'm thinking yeah. April to August. I'm like, what? No. August. I get it. I'm. Yeah. August is where we start. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> best, to,
1: best to peep the lights in the nor- Northern Hemisphere between August and April. Got it. And the best places to see them is uh, Trozmo, Norway, Fairbanks, Alaska, Iceland, Yep. Alberta, Canada, but Northern Alberta, Canada specifically because you can't see shit. Like basically, south of Calgary. Yeah. (laughs) And the Northern Highlands in Scotland. Cool. Very cool. The best place to see the Southern Lights between March to September. So that's when their winter is. Yeah. Is in Queenstown, New Zealand, Mount Wellington, Tasmania. Yeah. Victoria, Australia. And then, of course, Antarctica and South Georgia Island. Yeah. Makes sense. But after all this, this is still a witch podcast. (laughs) Um, (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) So, lastly, how can we use the Aurora Borealis in our own practice if we are so lucky to see them? Okay. Now, you can't find much information about this on the internet because I feel like a lot of witches that have blogs do not live as far north as us yeah you know what i mean that's fair you you know what i mean like i think a lot of them are further south like in the states and whatnot right yep makes
0: sense so these are my own ideas okay so excellent i love that you're a (laughs) hey witchcraft we have said this so many fucking times witchcraft is making your own craft
1: exactly it's how you make it
0: it is absolutely and i feel like you know what we have talked so much about color magic light magic, Mm -hmm. elemental magic, all of these different things that it is not a fucking stretch for you to be able to make some some observations about how to possibly wrap in the Aurora with it. Exactly. So
1: (laughs) basically, it's however you want to perceive the Aurora is how you'll work with it, if that makes sense. Yeah. So if you look at the Aurora and you feel in your heart that that's symbolic of your ancestors and its past spirits and you would like to invoke their power for whatever ritual you're planning to perform if you're doing that while the aurora is happening yeah that would make it just that much more powerful right to kind of invoke the ancestral magic absolutely that you have right yeah or even if you see the auroras and you just want to light a candle to pay tribute yeah right pay homage yep yes
0: yeah i myself I see the Northern Lights as a celestial body in the same way that I see like the moon or the sun as a celestial mm-hmm. body or the yeah. other planets as a celestial body. So
1: in that case, you could maybe start deity work, work mm-hmm. with Aurora in terms yeah. of the Greek gods, Pantheon, right? Yeah. yeah. You could try and, and have an altar set up for Aurora or light a candle for Aurora, So cool. Or even like the aurora can be seen as as symbolism for both the sun and the moon, right? So it's like an in-between of both. You can-
0: A combination of the two, if you will, right?
1: Exactly. Work with both of those energies at once. Yeah.
0: I like that. Right?
1: Or you could even go the scientific route. Okay. Hard left. (laughs) Yeah. The scientific route in terms of elemental magic. Okay. Yes. So listen to this. (laughs) The auroras are caused- This is brain. The auroras are caused by these solar winds, right? Which are coming from the sun. The sun is fire, right? So you've got your fire elemental. Yeah. And they're passing through different gases, which are causing these different colors. So you've got your air elemental. Yeah. And they're affected by these geomagnetic forces, which is your earth Earth elemental. elemental. And they're creating these beautiful flowing streams in the sky of color, which is your water element. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) All of a sudden, you have all four elements to kind of invoke as you please
0: also can we talk about the fact that they are deeply rooted in spirits which
1: is a Mm -hmm. spirit elemental oh my god you got all five man yeah the pentagram you got the five core pillars of the earth yeah in one celestial event yes that is girl you so smart and so use that energy make some aurora water you see oh, the northern lights going out, man? Just you like could. you would do moon water. Yeah, you could you? charge it under the... Yeah, yeah. smart. I right? like that. I like that a lot. Or alternatively, lastly, you could just take a moment to, to witness the lights, ground yourself, and remind yourself of how crazy the world is <laughs> and how we're all just kind of specks of stardust flying through the cosmos. It's
0: flying through endless nothingness and I there's this
1: beautiful and, and you are so lucky to be in this moment right now as a speck of stardust flying through the cosmos witnessing this incredible solar flare. phenomenon yeah you know what i mean like amazing why not do that i
0: i love that i love that so, so much
1: yeah amazing Happy April, friend.
0: Happy April. Way (laughs) to kick it off. Can I tell you my favorite um, legend about the Northern Lights?
1: Yeah. I I can't believe I missed one. I feel like (laughs) I had so many.
0: You did have so many. But my favorite one actually comes from China. And there is, I might butcher this just because I haven't read it in a really long time, but because it was so rare in China to ever see. I'm
1: surprised China even has a myth about it because they're like-
0: It's so, so rare. At the fucking equator. (laughs) like So- (laughs) <laughs> the legend is the northern lights were the result of two celestial dragons, one representing good and one representing evil fighting in the sky, oh, okay. and their battle was was represented by the northern lights.
1: Mhm. So oh, it was interesting.
0: This, yeah, so it was just it was interesting because it was also believed that it was like a mixture of the battle but the magic that would come off of the dragons as well as their their breath of fire. Oh, so cool. my assumption is is that it was probably quite red, similar to like similar continental to Greek- European, yeah. right? Yeah, similar yeah, to yeah. the Grecians. So yeah. my assumption is it was probably quite red. Yeah. Um, which gave birth to this idea of like the fire being dragons. spewed from these fire dragons. And- but I just think it's so cool because if you look at some of the artwork that's associated with this legend, they're like full celestial dragons. So I just think about like these the idea of these massive fucking dragons
1: flying around in space. I and guess just I could kind of see that though. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I like, kind of get that just in the way that like the art style is for like dragons. Chinese dragons yes. right they're very flowy and back and forth and like yeah and elongated like their the northern lights yeah, yeah
0: right because i think chinese dragons are very different from like anglo-saxon depictions oh, absolutely. of dragons yeah
1: they're more serpent-like they're way more serpent-like yeah
0: right and if you think of the aurora borealis is yeah. quite serpent-like it is that's yeah. what i mean yeah that's yeah.
1: totally Totally.
0: So I just, I had read that one years ago and I always thought that was so cool. But so yeah. I thought I just, you know, hey, look, guys, I shared my favorite story. Now it's your you turn. You should share <laughs> yours too. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you so much for this. I absolutely love episodes like this. I think it's so cool that you and I get to explore things that might not be like at the forefront of what everybody thinks of when they think witchcraft. Oh, yeah. But it is so interesting when we get to dive into things like this and see how much like lore and yeah. how much like magic is associated
1: with. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. With things that just seem so menial, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this episode.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I really enjoyed this. It was like technically it's kind of a bit of a loose fit, but it's also not in the way that like typically witches of all types, we celebrate natural phenomenon and yeah. all shapes and nature, forms, right? We celebrate the stars when there's a meteor shower. There's yep. special things you can do. The full moon, the quarter moons, the yeah. fucking
0: all of it. equinox, Equinoxes. all these things, right? Yep. So, yeah, we celebrate the death in terms of winter coming and then the rebirth of Earth when spring comes like exactly. Yep most of witchcraft is so deeply rooted in naturalism yep. and I, for lack of better terminology environmentalism if you will yep. so celebrating any naturally occurring phenomenon I believe absolutely fits and also if you don't well guess what uh, start your own podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> and do whatever you want there
1: <laughs> send us a story telling us how we're stupid I'm fine yeah. with that <laughs> It won't make it to air, but I'll still laugh at it. (laughs) I love you.
0: (laughs) You're funny. You kill me. But no, I think it absolutely fits. Again, like you could say everything that we talk about doesn't really, you know,
1: there's a lot of things that are loose fits, but they're still going to fit. God
0: damn it. But here's the I don't know. I wouldn't even call it a loose fit. I think anything natural fits. Exactly. Thank you. You're welcome. Snaps for Holly. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really liked this episode. I thought that was really cool, and it was something I totally wasn't expecting,
1: right yeah I-, I was well, I have plans. I do have plans. I just needed more time. More
0: time, yeah. <laughs> I this is this is the difficult part. We're getting we're getting into wanting to
1: do big episodes.
0: Well, yeah. Well, and the thing is is I think that we have over the last 2 years or year and a half. Fuck, I can't believe it's been that long already.
1: I know, right? But
0: over the last year and a half, we have I think done enough intro episodes. That we
1: get into the big stuff.
0: That now we're into the two building on those episodes and building yes. on the big stuff. And, okay, we've talked about elemental magic, so now we don't have to explain what elemental magic is. We can just use it and reference it and yes. move yeah. on rather than having an entire episode about elemental magic exactly yes yeah so it becomes more difficult though because the bigger the episodes the more research and i'll tell you when you have a full-time job and you're a wife and a dog mom and a cat mom and a student and Um, a volunteer and a volunteer and a a daughter and and then having to write full episodes every week becomes a lot it does yeah yeah so I, i get it i get needing more time but yeah woohoo! I loved it I thought it was a great episode I really enjoyed it I thought it was something that was totally unique and different to something that things that we've really done on the podcast yeah and I really love it because that's how I I kind of felt the same way when I did the moon magic episode yeah right where it's like okay like moon magic seems to be this very like uh, obscure small sliver yeah but it's a sliver nonetheless
1: well, and everyone does it. Everyone does moon magic. Everyone makes moon water. Like yeah. point me in the direction of a witch that doesn't make moon water or at least hasn't heard of moon water. <laughs> fair enough. You can't. You That's fucking fair. can't.
0: You fucking like- can't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me like- one witch that doesn't
1: work with the moon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't.
0: Yeah. You fair literally enough.
1: cannot.
2: Fair enough. Right? So.
0: Yeah. If you believe in the triple goddess, you're working with the moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So but, well, thank you yeah. so much for this awesome fucking episode. I had a great time. Thank you, friend.
1: I had a great time too.
0: <laughs> I appreciate it. The auroras
1: it. shine brightly.
0: Thank you, dude. If- I <laughs> I appreciate that. That's to me, they're a good I I see them as like a good thing. Yeah. So
1: may the auroras smile upon you.
0: Yeah. May, I don't know. May
1: the auroras <laughs> shine ever in my favor. <laughs> okay, they're hunger games. <laughs> Felishness. 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 Stop
0: it. (laughs) Felishness Everdeen. Amazing. (laughs) I'll take the compliment. (laughs) I love that. Well, Thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode. We really appreciate you. Um, If you're here still listening to the afterthoughts of Two Crazy Witches, then um, we appreciate you even more. And send us your spooky stories (laughs) or just say, what's up? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And if you don't, well, then just stay spooky. Bye.